0: Hello and welcome to In Lockdown With, a podcast where I, playwright here in Fitzgerald, chat to emerging, established and experienced artists in the fields of theatre, film, television, dance and drama from Wales and beyond to find out more about their careers and to see how they've been coping during the coronavirus pandemic. Expect laughs, gossip and an insight into the careers of some of Wales's best-known creatives. If you enjoy this podcast, please like and subscribe on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Thank you. Hello and welcome to In Lockdown Red with me. Here in to Charles. Today, my guest is Connor Allen. Hey, Connor, how's it going? Hey, dude.
1: Yeah, I'm very <coughs> well. How are
0: you? Not too bad. Not too bad. Getting through, I think. I think it's got to that point now where you've just got to kind of keep going and keep at it and, you know, t- yeah. t- try and stay motivated oh. as much as anything. Yeah, no, a lot of, a lot of people have, have
1: had that. Kind of issue i guess um and i guess it's hard it feels like ground hunting sometimes doesn't it because you're yeah. doing things over and over um so yeah i can understand um a lot of people you know like losing that motivation to do creative stuff it's hard, it's
0: hard. How, how have you kind of managed in that regard yeah I, i've
1: been really i've been really lucky um to have like, some great opportunities with, like, Sherman Tan, um, yeah, and, uh, Arts Council Wales, um, since lockdown, so, like, I've been quite lucky, um, so, yeah, I've been, I've I've been able to keep busy creatively,
0: but also keep busy, Mm -hmm. like, doing other
1: stuff, so, yeah, I've been, I've been really lucky.
0: It's great that those opportunities are out there that you are doing stuff like that. Uh,
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, Like Sherman and was brilliant platform. Um, uh, Again, with like BBC, uh, Welsh voices. um, Yeah, I've got another opportunity through that now. Right. Um, So yeah, it's like they've added up, and it's great then, like because it helps my
2: development um, as kind of like an artist.
1: yeah, so,
0: yeah, it's just been, it's been good, um, yeah. I wanted to kind of start at the beginning and ask you, how did you first get interested in theatre?
1: Wow, yeah, um, right, for that question, I'll, I'll have to take you back, a will have because, <laughs> um, so when I was in six, well, not even six months, so when I was about
2: ten, um, I lost my best friend to a brain tumour, nice. and
1: since then I, I was I was adamant I wanted to be a doctor um, because I never wanted people to feel the way that I
2: felt when I lost my friends yeah. so I was gonna save people's lives um, very naive me to think at that time but that, that's the month that
1: I had yeah so I went I went all through school took all the right like, GCSEs got all my statuses took all my like, A levels and I was gonna be a doctor and then I went to this thing called Medlink it was in Nottingham and it was like medical summer school like one of the yeah. medical students and I, I was there for two weeks and I hated every minute of it and I just, I came away, I always remember being sat in, um, in a lecture theatre making notes on this heart surgeon and I just felt like I was meant for so much more than just sat behind a desk for seven years yeah. making notes and I, I, I didn't know what that was at the time, I probably still don't. But I just felt like I was meant for so much more. So I came I came home, sat down with my mum, and we, we had a chat. And she was like, oh, you know, sleep on it. And um, I, I was just adamant. I was like, no, I don't want I'll, I'll just." I was working in Primac at the time. I'm yeah. a part-time job. And I was just like, I'm going to work in Primac for, for the rest of my life. And then uh, my mum was like, well, you, you either go to university or you've got a full-time job. And then my drama teacher, so I was about 17 at this time mm. then. So like I said, I've had a good seven years now. I wanted to be a doctor, changed that. And then my drama teacher, I had two um, I had two more options left on my UCAS. And my drama yeah. teacher was like, please, just apply for one. I'll help you with your monologue. And yeah, just, just to see, just to give yourself options. So um, at the time, I was in trouble with... Um, so, my blog, I wrote a blog, obviously, back last year. I started a blog about like absent fathers and the impact of this okay. stuff. And um, it was based off a period in my life when um, I basically uh, was in trouble with the police and I uh, got arrested and I got sentenced and I got given what was called a uh, suspended sentence. So, it meant that I couldn't get in any trouble um, with the police, not even a warning for a set amount of time, which okay. was like three, two or three years. Um, so that's why I was like, I want to get as far away from Newport as I can They'll remain in Wales because I get lots of benefits for being a Welsh student. Yeah. So then um, Trinity in Carmarthen, um, I, I read it up about yeah. and I found out about it and I thought okay, Carmarthen is a good, you know, two hours yeah. on a train, so it's just a good drive, it's alright actually. So yeah, my granddad took me up there for the open day, I did my uh, audition and the rest is
0: history. <laughs> like. Uh, and what was your mum's kind of reaction when you told her that you didn't that you weren't going to study medicine, and that you were going to study theater and drama
1: yeah uh, I think she was she was a bit upset at first um, only because I guess we had both because I'd been so adamant and I talked all about QtE. It was like both of our dream in a way because mm. like she had been with me since obviously like I lost my my, my best friend to that point when I was like 17, I was like I don't want to do this anymore, so but like, yeah. so we had gone on that journey and she had helped me with my revision and yeah so um, yeah, she was a bit upset at first um, and then obviously like, she had no idea about the world of acting
2: and art. And yeah. so for her it was a very alien thing for me to be like alright, I'm going to go and do
1: acting, I'm going to go and do drama bearing in mind he fell into kind of acting as like a I did it for GCSE because I thought it was uh, an
2: easy, I say in quotation marks, yeah. GCSE to take, but we
1: just played theatre games, so it's fine.
2: Um,
1: <laughs> oh, how wrong was I? And um, basically, my, my, my family, well, I my mum and my nan, made me a deal that for every A I've got a, um, a GCSE, they give me £10. And yeah. I was like, well, that's an easy £10 then, really, Next, we just play games all day. So you so
0: you show it as, oh, I can get an A in that, I'll get 10 quid yeah. or something that that's, yeah.
1: that's exactly my mindset. <laughs> so, um, lo and behold, I did take it, I yeah. did get an A. So I did get my £10 along with, um, I think it was like four other A's. But I got, once I then started, it was no longer about playing games. We then started like reading books and, mm. and plays and, and developing character. And I realised that I had... It was like an escapism, in a way, for me, that I had all this anger and frustration about being a teenager and being yeah. confused with my identity and my father not being around. Yeah. And I was able to channel that for once in my life in a creative and positive way instead of a destructive way where I was getting in trouble with the police. So, um, yeah, yeah it, was, it, was, it was a great outlet.
0: When did you kind of start to see it as, you know, I want to do this professionally, I want to be a professional actor?
1: um i'd probably say after oh um oh that's a good question potentially it was probably in in edinburgh so after i graduated in the july me and my friends my four friends well, for my three friends and me so it was four of us we took a show um, a student kind of show, we had some money at the university, you know, we yeah. have a show at the Edinburgh Fringe, and being in Edinburgh for like, I think it was like 10 days altogether, and um, I got to experience that, and I realised actually theatre and art and... and Creativity mm. is so rich, and it's not just one strand of just one person on stage, or it's not a stage show. You can perform on the streets. You can perform like promenade. You can perform like there's so many different factors. You can,
2: you can perform in a pub basement. Like there's all these yeah. different factors of, of art and theatre, and that's when it started to become more clear that ah,
1: oh, okay, you don't just you know graduate and then walk straight into like, uh, the, the National Theatre, it's about a journey and it's about holding your craft and knowing that, like, I'll go to Edinburgh Fringe and I'll go to, like, other kind of venues and do other shows mm. that maybe not have the same production value, but I'll learn so much more. Yeah. I like, guess, yeah, it's probably Edinburgh,
0: actually. I, I think um, people have the tendency to see theatre as, like, these big, massive buildings. Uh, yeah. yeah. Like the WMC, like the show, and um, like the West End, and not think about the fact that theatre can happen anywhere. Yeah, can... like,
1: I, I, I truly believe that. I was like, the theatre is, I, I say it all the time, and in every interview I in, I always bring up the same quote it's like, theatre is a reflection of life, and
2: all lives mm. are different. So that doesn't mean that, like, you have to have one certain way, like, on stage you can show as many different kind of um,
1: processes as you want. Yeah. Because all lives are different. So it's like, you mm. need that. Why can't you just perform a monologue on a park bench in a park outside to a group of people?
0: That's, that's theatre. Yeah. Yeah,
1: the sneeze C- So, it, yeah,
0: I, I, I 100% agree with and, that. and I think that's where people get hung up about theatre, this kind of process of Kind of going to one of these buildings and having to like behave in a certain way, but it's not—it's not not about that. I, because it's
1: I in in Newport. There's like one, um, there's a main like kind of theatre, um, and it's the Riverfront. Now I'm. I'm a social artist at the Riverfront now, which is amazing, but I didn't step foot in that building until shortly after I graduated. So that was like 21, 22 before I even stepped in the building because there was such a stigma around theatre and around these buildings that, you know, they're not for me. Know uh, well, highly educated, articulate, middle class people, or mm. you know, it's theater is always about Shakespeare and it's art there and
0: who this, so that's not how I talk, so it's not for me, yeah. So it's about
1: breaking down those barriers um, and knowing that, yeah, like it, theater is for you because you contribute, like theater again, it's just about stories, it's storytelling, and we've yeah. all got stories, all of us in our
0: lives, because that's what makes us who we are. Do you think it's mainly a class thing? Do you think the barriers are mainly based on class? I, oh, I, don't, I don't think... I think it, class is an issue, 100%. But I
2: think there's, there's lots of other issues as well. Um, but yeah. Sorry. It's, it's
0: Sorry, okay. Um. Yes, but like, I think class is a big
1: one. Um, and I think sometimes you don't even realize. Like I never, when I was growing up, I would never have thought, oh well, you know, it's not for me because oh, it's this class issue, this because
0: I'm from this No, it just because it just didn't resonate
1: with me in in a way that like it probably still doesn't for a lot of people who still live in my estate. Like theatre isn't, it's not this. I guess this gateway that it can be because a lot of. Theaters and a lot of organisations don't take the time to Mm. kind of build those audiences and know that okay, if if theatre is a reflection of life, and if you see yourself represented on stage, you're more likely to engage. Then we have to start representing your experiences Mm. and your stories on our stages.
0: But then um, that's but then I guess if the theatre's main audience is white, middle-aged, middle-class people. They're yeah. going to cater for that audience, because and, they'll know they'll come back again and again. Yeah. But so they'll keep coming back, they'll keep buying tickets, and yeah. they generate money, and ultimately it is about, you know, uh, for a building, making money
1: yeah. and sustaining that, that financial growth. But, yeah, like, I think once then you play, like, class into that... Then you you've got kind of race as a factor mm. and and gender sexuality disability, it's disability like it's, it's all there
2: and it's like if that's what it means to be human to have all those different yes, interconnected definitely. experiences
1: and we need to see them on stage
0: I and mean, yeah absolutely and it's about giving you know diverse actors and writers the opportunity to appear on those stages yeah.
1: And that's that's, that's it, that's all it is, Um, it's about opportunity. If you give them the opportunity, then they have that chance then to kind of shine
2: on that stage, and audiences have that opportunity to experience something, which could potentially be
0: life-changing for them at that moment. Absolutely, and you never know who it's going to affect and in what way.
2: Because it's subjective.
0: Definitely. Um, I'm going to move on slightly. You've spoken yeah, a bit, but, bit about your time at uni, but what what was your time at uh, Trinity like, and what did it kind of give you, kind of moving into your career as an actor? Yeah, Trinity was great because, like, I think the, the great thing about
1: Trinity was, like, it taught me, it taught me how to be an actor, but it also taught me, hey, I guess, to be, like, a, an artist. So... We did a lot of improvisation and devising work. We did a lot of character work. We did a lot of like movement work. So I always look at it like I have this like imaginary backpack and all throughout my career I'm learning new things and new exercises, new experiences that I'm just gonna put into my backpack to help like kind of take me on my journey yeah. of, of being a creative, being an artist. And I guess Trinity gave me the kind of the, the, they gave me that backpack and they packed it with like the base essentials and then like once I graduated and I was out in the industry then I started to load it with more stuff and more material about you know like how to development yeah. but I guess Trinity gave me a solid foundation to work from so I think as, as any actor and artist like that's yeah it's, it's
0: brilliant. Did it kind of teach you you know kind of how to operate as a freelance actor as well did it give you those skills that you needed to operate yeah, within the industry yeah
1: because they, they make you very, very like self-sufficient as well so it's like
0: again that's why like we, we had modules about the violence and violations so and then mm-hmm. like, in terms of like creating your own work
1: you haven't always got to be there and you're not just one thing you yes you're an actor but you're an actor who could create their own work or like,
0: the advising and improvising Mm. is intertwined into acting anyway, so yeah, it's it's, it's all interconnected, I guess, so yeah. And uh, what's your, what's your kind of approach when you're preparing a character, you know, does it Um, it change every time, or do you have a set process? No, I, I think...
1: I think it does change depending on the role, depending on the mm-hmm. character. Like, um, with, with TV, um like, I haven't done lots of TV, but like with TV, it's very, for me, a different approach because you don't have as long. So with yeah. theatre, you have, like, a nice, long rehearsal period, so you can you can delve into the nitty-gritty of characters, and you can create these backstories and ask all these questions, and then mm. you can explore it and answer them. Whereas with TV, just because of the whole kind of, I guess, um, production, like, schedule, like, you, you need to you kind of... You still need to do all that prep and that work, but it just needs to be done a lot
2: quicker. So, um, yeah, I, I, I usually with
1: theatre anyway, I will, um, I use two. So there's like Uta Hagen was a practitioner um,
2: and she created these six steps of character, like these six questions to ask yourself.
1: And it's usually for like when you're devising and improvising, but I I always like asking myself those questions when I'm approached with a
2: character, about who am I, where am I from, where have I come from? Mm. It's all these
1: questions to create a backstory. And then once I've created this backstory of a character, I know where they come from and where yeah. they're going, I know their actions, their motivations, I know what they want and I think with um, with acting and with character that's always a, it's a great basis and a foundation mm. to start with, what does your character want and
0: how are they going to achieve what they want I mean, and what's, what's in their way, like what's that obstacle. That, that's what I think about when I'm writing, you know, yeah, that's yeah. what I start with when I'm writing and I suppose it works the same 100%. When you're an actor, finding yeah, that yeah. motivation and finding what the obstacle is, and then yeah, you're really exactly. kind of in tune with, with your character. Then.
2: yeah, because I like
1: so with Uda the Hagen. Then I partner that with another I had when we were in Trinity. We had by a book called The Complete Stanislavski Toolkit. It's by oh, Bella Merlin, okay. and it's like the it's it's the Bible. Any actor aspiring actor that I, I advise you to go and buy that book it just breaks every nuance thing of, of acting um, like Stanislavski says the art of true acting is the art of true listening, if you're listening you're present with yeah. your kind of co-star, with your partner on stage then you're acting because you're responding to what you're listening to um, but it's just a great book and like I'll always use that and partner then Stanislavski techniques with who's a in six steps yeah. so you then start to like delve deeper into like your obstacles and like what's stopping you getting what you want and like your motivation because mm. you having to do something
2: me having to clean my kitchen is going to be very different if i want to clean my kitchen so if mm. i have to clean my kitchen Yeah, very yes.
1: different motivations yeah so it, yeah it's, it's very uh
0: yeah and then, and then what, clean is, clean. what is the obstacle that is stopping you from stopping you. cleaning yeah, your see, kitchen? Again, there will yeah. be different. Yes. Um, you'll have a different obstacle stopping me when I want to clean the kitchen
1: to when I have to clean the yes. kitchen. So, yeah, man. but you can completely have that power for now with, with writing. Like, it's there as well because you're creating mm. character and you're creating worlds. And it's the same with acting. You're creating character backstories and you're Definitely. creating, like, yeah, these worlds in your head. Yeah,
0: it's exactly the same for writing. Uh, You were a number one slightly. Yeah,
2: yeah.
0: You were um, part of Real Human Being for Taking Flight back in 2014. Yeah, yeah. 2015. What was being in that play like? It's a play which is about uh, disability crime. So what was yeah. it like as a non-disabled person being in in that play?
1: yeah it, that that play was fantastic man and that's that's credit to taking flight and Matthew Vogel for for like that for creating that um obviously like I played a non-disabled character so for me it was yeah I I guess I was learning as my character was learning so like, as Reese was learning about kind of all the hate crimes and the terminology, I, as Connor, was also learning those things. Um, so, yeah, it was very, it, it was an eye opening experience. Um, yeah, to kind of have that. And to just, again, like learn about terminology because, like, in the disabled community, like, a lot of people don't like to use the word impairment,
2: they just like to use disabled. Yeah. People prefer to use, like, non-disabled and you shouldn't
1: use, like, able-bodied. So it's like, it's just knowing that terminology and it just really helps them just be more inclusive.
0: And it's those really subtle things, quite subtle things, which I think um, non-disabled people don't, like, generally pick up on. So Yeah, 100%. It's like, but... In terms of the, the the impact that that play had, yeah, what the was... impact
1: was incredible because, like, we we I think altogether we told that to like over eight thousand students, like, and kids, wow. and just seeing like
2: seeing their reaction, like, after, so we would do a workshop with them. um and like
1: obviously i don't know if you you watch the piece but like you would have like you we do a workshop with them about terminology and then they would watch a piece of uh, of like the, the play and then at the end of that piece obviously like um Catherine calls alice a spaz and you can just
2: hear yeah. the, oh, and they just get like yeah. all the kids are like, oh my god oh, can't see
0: that, that it's that's beautiful because then you know mm. why we we
1: we're doing that job and yeah
0: it's working 'Cause it's nothing of that terminology being used when when kids use it, they largely use it out of context without necessarily yeah. knowing the meaning of it. And I guess to yeah. put it so kind of starkly in front of them makes yeah. them realise, oh, actually that's what that, that means. That's what that actually means when yeah. we went
1: through, like, all the terminology,
0: what it actually means mm. as well. And then, yeah, you would just see the cogs turning in their mind,
2: You're like, oh, OK, I can't use that. <laughs> yeah, so,
1: yeah, it, was well, it was incredible, man, and that's, that's one of the shows that will always, I guess, remain quite close to
0: my heart because of the mm. impact that it had. And, um, early this year, you were in, um... Who's got by Elton Reese? Yeah. What was? Cause do you think Welsh?
1: I was. I, I I learned. I I I learned. I learned. I learned Welsh for that, and I'm learning Welsh so I'm a Welsh learner.
0: How was um, that? That was
1: tough. I'm not gonna deny that. Um, but again, I had like a great support network
0: uh, in Algar, who is like one mm. of the most generous
1: kind high souls in this industry and yeah he was very as was the whole team and they went through like everything with me and we broke it down and yeah it was it was great
0: Uh, and did it feel kind of alien at first you do do
1: you know what i i I take it like shakespeare so right Whenever I perform Shakespeare, I'll have, obviously, like, the original text, but I'll also have the translation. Mm -hmm. So, you know what I'm saying and playing those actions. And it was the exact same. I'll have the Welsh script, but i also have the English translation. So, as I'm learning the Welsh and I'm learning more Welsh, like, I'm still having the English translation so I can be, like, authentic in, like, my wants and needs. So, yeah, it was was tough. I'm not going to lie. It was tough. Um, But it was worth it, though, because
0: it was a beautiful Mm. show. I, I didn't see it when I was and it was beautiful. Um, it's on YouTube at the moment. Oh, oh is it? Oh no. I'll yes. give it a watch. I will yeah, I anyway, Um But um in terms of writing, how did you first kind of become interested in writing? Is it kind of something that you've you've always done or is it a more recent
1: no, nah, yeah, it's a more recent. Um, I won a competition called Monologue Slam, um, and one of the judges on there was John McGrath, who was right. the artistic director of National Theatre Wales at the time, and he invited me in for a kind of a meeting and a conversation to kind of get to know me more. And um, yeah, like I had at the time this idea about like a a large scale um, site specific piece of Black History Theatre.
2: Yeah. Um he. He was very like supportive, but he he
1: he made me realise that like you've got to, you can't just walk in on day one and be manager of Manchester United. Like you have to get that experience yeah. to be at that level. Um, so, but he was like, "I love your passion and your storytelling." let me partner you then with kelly jones who was running that top oh, uh, wow. Tom yeah. who was who they, they were running a uh, scratch night called um story of the streets and yes. I, that's when i wrote them like, my first ever piece and kelly and ryan remain who directed that piece they loved my writing and um yeah they they kind of mentored me and, and helped me ever since And kelly has yeah, just basically been a mentor ever since that really and that was about four.
0: Like four years ago, I want to say. Could be wrong. I think
1: yeah. I think it's like
0: four years. so Yeah. How how did you feel watching your own work on that first scratch night for the first time? Yeah, I'm, right. I'm cool. Yeah, I'm all right nah, no, I, I, I like it because I like I like seeing what other people do with my
1: work. Like, I'm not precious. So right. maybe that's the actor in me. And I'm always interested by, like what people are going to do and portray my
2: words mm. and how they're going to direct. Up. Like, I, I I think it's beautiful. I love it. So I love seeing like all those different portrayals mm. because like we're all, like there's only, there's only one Caddy Jones in, in the whole world. Um, yes. Or well, like there's only one Ryan Remey. The, like there's only one human fished
1: out so there's only one of you in the whole world there might mm. be another person who had the same name as you but there's only one you so like there's only one person who can write the plays that you're going to write and that's beautiful there's only one rhyme remains so there's only one
2: way that he could have directed that play So yeah. it's like when i look at it like that i love that because each person
1: who directs my pieces or they act in my in, in my writing like they're going to be truly unique portrayals because they're bringing themselves So I
0: love it, and and a director can bring things out of a piece of writing that you as the writer wouldn't have thought of, and you know, it gives you a completely different viewpoint on something that you've written, which I think is amazing as well. A a good director will always do that. Like a prime Mm. example, quite recently is um, she's um
1: Sam. Sam Jones who directed my Sherman 10 monologue shared Sam because she took that to levels and Ola the actor of the two of them together they took that piece of writing to levels that I never imagined and it was by Sam asking the right questions to me as the writer
0: that got me to kind of push myself more so Mm -hmm. yeah 100% directed and crucial Um. so You were part of Platform, which was run by Theo. Um, Yeah, yeah. What What did that kind of give you as an emerging artist? Um,
2: That
1: That put me on the radar of um, Helen Perry at the BBC. So that kind of opened that door, and then she watched. Yeah, so she came along to, to that and watched my script and then approached me afterwards. me had a chat and she just tracked my progress basically over the next two years. Yeah. To the point then that she thought I was ready and, and invited me onto the Welsh Voices, um, which is the writing programme that mm. I'm currently on. So, yeah, it, I, it just opened lots of doors in a way that, like, yeah, networking.
0: It was, as it sounds, like a platform for you to go on to, yeah, to definitely. the BBC New Voices, which... Um, yeah. how, how much have you learnt and developed as a director uh, by being like, part so, of
1: that? I've probably developed more over the last year being a part of Welsh Voices and Gary Owen's kind of royal court group with
2: yeah. than I would have done over like my 28 years of living. I've learned so much,
1: mm. like um, about like storytelling and the structures mm. and parameters my character. Like there's just so much. And I think being an actor as well, like I, you bring something else sometimes as well, uh, like when you're writing character, you know what it's like to portray character, so yeah, it's, it's, a, yeah, it's, it's very different, I think, writing as an actor-writer um, than just as a writer, because sometimes you're not so, I guess, bogged down by kind of structure mm. and, and nuance, because you know, well, that's stuff that you can do in the rehearsal
0: room to bring that out, mm. um, so yeah. And uh, has it been nice kind of having time with people like Gary on in these writers groups? No, oh, 100%. Like, I, my
1: first session at BBC um, was with John York, who wrote a oh, book wow. Into the Woods. Yeah, yeah. So I know, like, I've read that I book. had a masterclass on structure with John York, and oh, I was just like, "What? no my God. It blew my mind with, like,
2: stru- cause I read the book, and it's a yeah, brilliant
1: uh, book. Yeah, amazing yeah so to have that was, was yeah it was truly class
0: do you ever feel kind of overwhelmed by these people do you get that sense of oh my god it's john york kind of thing yeah no i
1: guess I, I not so much i'm always like
0: wow like these people know what they're talking about and these people yeah. are successful
1: but yeah so it's always i'm always a bit like those, every person that we look up to always started off as what we are. It's just people learning, yeah. and trying to get better. So I'm, I'm always like, we can always be like, obviously one day John York is going to uh, retire and Gary Owen will stop writing
2: plays mm-hmm.
1: and Helen Harry won't be there at the BBC and at least Davidson won't be there directing plays. So it's like we, we need the next generation of, you know, and Davis and Hannah Perry's or Gary Owens. We,
0: like, we need them. We need the Conor Allens and the Kevin Fitzgeralds. Yeah, exactly. To come see? So, so,
1: like, we can progress to be on like, that level, and then the people coming up can then, like, look to us as, I guess, like, role models and, and know that, like, we've laid in a blueprint yeah. to get to the level of success that we're at. Mm. But that only comes through, like, opportunity and
0: collaboration, so. Definitely, and you know, the only way we're going to get there is by forging relationships within the industry and to like keep going, I think is the yeah. most important thing. Um hundred percent. I want to talk about your play, Working Not Begging, which was yeah, yeah. on at The Riverfront. Um, what was the process of writing that play like?
1: So that that play came to me about three years ago, no, longer than that, actually. I was basically I'm working in Argos um, part-time and I was yeah. walking into work and I walked past a homeless lady um, who was sat outside um, just making loom bands with a little cardboard sign saying, I'm working, not begging. And I just thought that's beautiful. Like, it just literally is beautiful. And... and that image stuck with me for so yeah. long as I was, like, couldn't shake it. And I don't know why I couldn't shake it. I just couldn't shake that image of just this resilient, strong woman being like, I'm not begging, I'm working. I'm making these new vans to put a little bit of happiness into the
2: world. You buy buying 15 pence each new gold. Right? And I was like, it's something
1: about like that Newport grit and spirit. Yeah. So like my mum's the exact same. My nan, like every Newport woman I know is like so strong and just, forged like steel they're just so resilient and i just thought i just saw the beauty in that and then shortly after my nan
2: got like um diagnosed with a heart problem like she got sick she's still here um
1: so it's fine but like that it was a weird time for me because like my nan has been like such this like head of the family and like Mm. this like she's forged in in rock like
2: that's my nan yeah like i thought my nan was gonna live forever
1: and then knowing that, like, oh no, actually, my nan's human, and one day I'm going to lose mm. it, That really, it, that really stuck with me. So I guess I partnered both of those ideas together, and I just wrote um, this this script. It was like three something pages at the time. It was terrible, um, but and that's
0: why you, like, you go back and work on it. First drafts always are like first. Uh,
1: yeah, you know, I genuinely, I fainted the other day and I was reading through it and I was just laughing. I was like, oh, I'm so
0: God. glad I you know, clicked
1: in on this because it was terrible.
2: Um, but that's what I mean. I had to go through mm. that. At least I got it down,
1: and that's nine times out of ten. That's half of, of the battle, is just writing, getting your ideas down and, and that dialogue down on paper or on, on screen. So, um, yeah, I, I, I basically wrote that and then I. Um, I went to an event at the riverfront and i met yeah. jenny stoves and olivia harris um shared it to those two queens and um yeah they worked with me basically to do an R and D application i applied yeah. for a small grant and, and i got some money to play around with the script and hear it um and then i brought um abigail fitzgerald um she's like a, a local newport actress right. um out to her because she again brought my my text and, and my dialogue off the page and yeah she was amazing and yeah, I guess again the rest is history. After that then I applied for a production grant and, and I got there and obviously due to COVID it's been
0: postponed, but we're looking now at like hopefully the end of the year, beginning of next and then right. they'll be back. And you just gonna do it at the front, or is it gonna to tour or is it a bit up in the air at the moment? Yeah
1: the year. so like
0: mm. originally it was meant to talk to Swansea and Carmarthen yeah. Um, but yeah we're, we're yeah it, we we working on it so we're quote seeing it when when all this is that's over. it i will give you a ticket for
1: press
0: on <laughs> <laughs> and, and on. I wanna talk about representation briefly. Um, have you kind of have you um, Encountered any racism within the theatre industry in Wales uh, and what?
1: I'm trying to think, I, like off the top of my head, nothing, nothing really stands out. Like, so it's uh, yeah, it's a bit of both, I guess, because it, it's so easy, and I understand when people are like they,
0: they don't want to apply for stuff or um. It, it, like, you can always think, "Ah, oh, am I only getting this opportunity because I ticked this box?" Or uh, yeah. am, am I only getting this opportunity
1: because of my skin colour or because of my ethnicity? But I, I, I never think like that. I, I had I had a um, one of my first agents
2: after I graduated. Mm-hmm. Um, his name was Tom,
1: and I always remember having a, like a really good chat with him because I was one of the first people to um get an agent like after like i, I secured my agent before i graduated trinity right. so a lot of people a lot of people um were like oh my god that like connor's only got an agent because like he's got an afro or connor's only got an agent because he makes rigs on' so like
2: yeah. and i was just a
1: bit like it, it just it sat really weird with me and i was like i don't what so i, I remember having a chat with tom and that friend, it's a lovely guy, and he—he, he, he, I remember him saying, he goes, I'm not going to lie to you, okay? You have a very commercial look, so your look, and is going to get you into the room,
2: but it's your talent that gets you the job." Yes. And that right there, just that, that stuck with me ever since, and I say it to everyone.
1: Yeah, okay, fine, like your ethnicity might get you in the room for whatever reason, but it's always going to be your talent that gets you the job. So Mm. it's, for me, I've just always had that mindset. So whenever I've got these opportunities, um, and like I'm on these writing groups and I'm a social artist, and and I'm working with like certain people to be a mentor, I'm always like, I'm here because of my talent. I'm not here because of my ethnicity. So-
0: And and then it doesn't feel tokenistic. You don't feel like you're meeting a quota. You can then have confidence in your own yeah. ability as an actor or writer, whatever, the case, maybe you're, you know you're there for the right reasons. But in yeah. terms of like opportunities, say there was a call-out specifically aimed at BAME or disabled actors, do you think those specific opportunities still need to be there? Oh. oh that's tough it? Do you know what I mean? oh. see it's because i had this conversation
1: the other day with a friend i was like wouldn't it just be so much better if they just top out? we seek we, we seek applications from from people from a bane background or from a black background like why have we got to put that because then again mm-hmm. it's like then are we only getting these opportunities because we're black or because we're mixed race but then, if they don't put that on there, then it's like people will read it and be like, oh, well, you know, I, I can't apply for that because, you know, it's probably going to go from, yeah. like, to the white middle class. But... So it's, it's hit or miss. And it depends in what kind of mindset and what framework, I guess, you you approach it. If you approach it being like, well, no, like I do, it's like I get these opportunities because of my talent. Mm. I'll apply for anything. Like, because I've always been like, the worst thing someone's going to say is, no and then I'm in the yeah, active definitely. position I am yeah. in
0: before I even apply for them you so haven't lost like, anything why,
1: yeah like why wouldn't you apply like yeah. apply for everything because that's only, that's the only way you're going to get better is through opportunity and experience so like knock on
2: every single door yeah, and absolutely and yeah. burn, like because they're either, either, they're either going to open the door and shut in your face or they're going to open the door and let you in so definitely.
1: either way it's a win Like so yeah I, I and it, it's a weird one um I, I don't know I guess uh, is, is the ultimate answer um, what would be better because it's, it's a personal preference, some people want them on those applications so they know those applications are uh,
2: targeted for like, mm-hmm. the black community and, and the BAME community um,
1: and other people don't like, so I, I, I'm of the true belief that if you feel in yourself that you're worthy of applying, then apply because like, yeah. the worst thing that's going to happen is you don't get picked so you'll be in the exact same position you're in, but you've already done the application, so you, you've learned some stuff from applying.
0: Yeah, so, you know. I guess what might happen is that whatever community we're talking about, they might think, oh, that's the only opportunity for me. I can't apply for the more kind of general call Yeah. If, it, if it's pigeonholed that much, it, bo- yeah, it, it box, like... boxes people into a corner a bit.
1: Why can't we just have we accept applications from
0: all backgrounds? Yeah. Go. So that means so there's,
2: so this. Like, there's a difference,
1: isn't there, between I think like generic applications and then applications which are specifically targeted at like the disabled community or the black community?
2: Yeah.
0: Then, of
1: course. Then then you need to state well this opportunity is, is only for disabled ads. so only disabled if, can apply.
0: If the character is written as disabled or if the character is explicitly written as uh, black, you yeah. know, then you're only going to want black or disabled actors. But in yeah. any other situation, should... Shouldn't matter? No. I I don't think so, anyway. No, I agree. The, the last question I'm going to ask you is... Go for it. If, if you had one piece of advice for someone who's just starting out in the industry what would it be or like if it's easier what advice would you have given yourself when oh,
2: you starting out yeah. <laughs> um, no, similar to what I said just then isn't it like knock on doors like uh, like write to theatre companies like write to agents write to directors active directors send those emails because the worst thing that's going to happen is they don't reply Mm.
1: but you haven't you haven't lost anything like you you could only gain something because they're either going to reply and be like thank you for your time and at least you're on their radar or at least you send that email or they're going to offer you an opportunity or they're going to be like okay cool like our casting process is this or we accept submissions
2: through this like or they might invite you in for a meeting. So I would uh, be, be brave and
1: bold and knock on doors would be my advice that I would give new artists. And if I could and another piece of advice I'd probably say, which is more crucial, is create your own success. Don't right. don't try to compare success because one success is subjective and two, success is unique. So there's no point trying to compare for example uh my success to to gary owen and me trying to chase gary owen's success because mm-hmm. he's really in for Geneva and he's gone to the national
2: and he's been at the royal court like yeah but that's gary's success yeah i can't chase that and i can't replicate that i
0: can only create my own success it, so i would say that wrong. yeah it's kind of like facebookification you know when you see people on Facebook and it's a version of their lives, it's the same with the industry, it's like focus on your own work and creating the best work that you can. I don't need to be in here,
1: you know, telling everyone I'm doing this, I'm doing that, I'm doing that, I let my works be criticized, so it's like that's it, judge me on my work, not don't judge me on what I'm posting, yeah.
0: Well, thanks, Connor. It's been brilliant talking to you. Thank oh, you man, time. honestly, thank um, you
1: for having me on. Yeah, like, really it's been really
0: great. Um, I will catch you on the next episode of In Lockdown With, where my guest will be Sarah Beer. So I'll see you then. But for now, it's. Actually, much you. love. Thank you for listening to this episode of In Lockdown With. The podcast is written, produced, and curated by me, Kieran Fitzgerald. Thank you to all my guests for taking the time to appear on the show. If you enjoyed this episode of In Lockdown With, please consider liking or subscribing on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And I'll see you next time for another interview.